Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. Citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus. Freaking first cut. Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round two recap for this week's Canadian Open. And boy, has it been a week. Obviously, a lot going on both on and off the golf course. We had guys that were supposed to have days off that uh, never got those days off. So what we've got here on a Friday night, a solo act. I'm going to take you through this round of golf. And we're only going to talk about golf. Nothing has changed. There's been speculation, but no concrete information has come out. Thanks to the uh, the PGA, Live, PIF, DP World Tour merger. So tonight, all you get is golf. Josh and I are going to run a little bit of pick and roll. He's going to man the graphics, and I'll give you the audio. Here we go. Round two at the RBC Canadian Open played just a hair easier than round one. 0.07 under par, about a half shot easier. But that stretch, three, four, five, and six, still played as one of the most difficult stretches on the PGA Tour. One and a half strokes over par to average. If that stretch of holes does not have a name like some of these other stretches, I don't know what we're doing wrong here. The morning wave got out early, though did not have the scoring advantage, but Canadian Adam Hadwin gave himself a chance to hoist the trophy on Sunday thanks to a Friday 68 that was out in 33, in in 35. He only had one blemish on the card. It was on one of those treacherous holes, number three, a bogey there. Otherwise, Adam Hadwin was phenomenal. He is going to be four shots off the lead heading into the weekend, and he is going to try to become one of the first Canadian winners of the Canadian Open since 1954, when Pat, Pat Fletcher last did it, you're looking at the graphic right now. Canadian Open winners by country. Uh, not a lot of Canadians there. Only seven of them. Actually, more Australians, more Englishmen have won the Canadian Open than Canadians. And, of course, 10x the Canadians, 72 United States champions over the years. Brendan Todd making a little bit of a move. 68-69, if there was ever going to be a golf course that should lend itself to the skill sets of Brendan Todd being able to play out of the fairway, being able to hit some pretty decent wedge shots in and then get hot with the putter, it's this one at Oakdale. He was not immune to that difficult stretch on the front nine, though it was three pars. The thing that got away from him was a double on number four. Otherwise, 
wise. He offsets that double with five different birdies. You look at his stats for the week. And he's kind of doing it in Brendan Todd fashion. He's losing a half a stroke on approach. He's gaining 3.6 with the putter, 3.5 around the green. That is concerning, but also the way that Brendan Todd does things. Doug Gim shot a four under 68, one of the better rounds out of the morning wave. And again, stop me if you've heard this before, because I don't think anybody got through the stretch of three, four, five, and six unblemished today. It was a bogey on number three for Gim, but he got it back with a birdie on eight and then played his second nine in 32. That is four under. It's been a little bit of a mystery act for Doug Gim as of late. He hasn't played particularly well. He hasn't played at all since the Byron Nelson where he finished T19. So maybe he is rounding into form a little bit. The statistics are not super positive in that manner. Gained four and a half strokes around the green Lost with the putter, slightly above average everywhere else. So he's a bit reliant on the short game right now, which is not something that you want to see. Andrew Novak, another one of those four under 68s. Now he played the front nine in 33, bogey free. Special, special stuff there from Andrew Novak. He did make a bogey on 12, which is a par five to give one up there. It's pretty tough, but he was able to get it back at 14 and 18. His stats, not great either. Uh, Lost strokes, ball striking, gained five with the putter. So you look around and you say, who's likely for regression? You you worry about someone like Doug Gim. You worry about someone like Andrew Novak. But they're in the mix. Novak, two shots off the pace. That pace currently being set by, yes, Carl Yuan. Nine under par, thanks to a 68 on Thursday, a 67 on Friday. That's five under on this Friday. And... Obviously, we all saw this coming, right? He's got, I think he's missed 11 of his last 15 cuts on the PGA Tour. He's got zero top 50 finishes this season. And of those cuts that he's made, those best finishes were T55, T63. So worry a little bit about the staying power for Carl Yuan, but the metrics are pretty darn good. Of anybody that we are going to talk about here tonight, he's the best in T to green. He's gained eight strokes in those categories. Four and a half of them came in the ball striking category. So probably unlikely that Carl Yuan wins this golf tournament, but he's going to head into the weekend as your leader. And he's doing it with a pretty decent stat profile. We'll see what his odds are to win when we get to the end of the show, but there are no shortage of chasers and some with legitimate pedigrees. We're going to have Everybody who makes the cut within eight shots of the lead, the cut's going to be one under par. Carl Yuan at nine under. We'll get to the afternoon wave. We will get to the betting odds. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to The Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. 
The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. Hat tip to Harry Higgs, who carded a 6-under 66 in the afternoon. The afternoon did play a little bit easier, which is fairly rare on the PGA Tour. Played about three-quarters of a shot easier than the morning wave did, and Harry Higgs was splendid. He was 5-under through his first 12. He got another birdie on 18 for 6-under, not a bogey on the card, so a bogey-free round. I think I said earlier, I'm not sure anybody got through uh, 3, 4, 5, and 6 unblemished. Well, Harry Higgs got through one through 18 completely unblemished. And Harry, Harry needs this. Uh, right now he's in T6. If he finishes there, it'll move his FedEx Cup rank to 108. He will move up 20 spots. Uh, that is that's outside the playoffs. All right. That's that's outside the top 70. So Harry Higgs is gonna have to continue to have a good weekend if he wants to get his way up those FedEx Cup standings because we are dangerously close to the end of the season. It's going to happen very fast. I know we still have two major championships left, but it is going to happen very, very fast. Aaron Rye, a three under 69 on Friday, currently projected to be 59th in the FedEx Cup standings. Uh, three birdies, no bogeys on the opening nine and just offsetting one birdie with a bogey on his second set. And he has popped up a couple of times this year. I think he played well at Torrey Pines. Maybe that was last year, uh, but has played great golf, good enough golf, has gotten himself inside the top 10 once or twice. You look at his stats, and of all the guys that we are going to talk about here tonight, he's the best in approach play. 5.09 strokes gained on approach, 7 uh, plus from T to green. So Aaron Rye, certainly a candidate to stay within the mix for the rest of this event. Let's get into a couple of the big names here because they are lurking, right? The winning equity of... Carl Yuan, Aaron Rye, CT Penn might not be very great, but we do have some guys with some uh, more impressive resumes. We'll start with a pair of 69s out of Justin Rose. Justin Rose has gotten completely uh, some whatever he found ball striking in the last couple of weeks has unlocked a different side of Justin Rose. And even though we're not seeing it this week, he's been good. He's gained two and a half strokes ball striking. He's gained more in the short game categories. This is a really good sign for someone who's having a resurgence of a year. He makes bogey on three, evens it out with a birdie on seven, and then gets three more birdies coming in, including one on 17 and one on 18. So Rosie has got himself in position three shots off the lead thanks to a pair of 69s. Rory McIlroy got off to a disappointing slow 71, but followed up followed it up with a 5-under 67 on Friday. Bogey-free, there you go. Another bogey-free round, this one out of Rory McIlroy. Birdies on eight. 10, 14, 17, and 18. You look at the metrics for Rory on round two alone, and it felt very Rory-esque. He drove it beautifully, gained over two strokes off the tee. He added about a stroke on approach, and he's been putting great this week. He gained three strokes putting on Thursday, tacked on another two on Friday. That is probably not going to continue into the weekends, but a much more sustainable stat profile that we got from Rory McIlroy in round two compared to his round number one. So he is only three. Three shots off the lead. Even closer to the top of the leaderboard, Terrell Hatton with must have been the round to the day. An eight under 64. We still got some guys out there, but I don't think anybody is going to beat a Terrell Hatton 64. And he was still muttering to himself after he got done on 18 because he was not able to take advantage of number 18, which is playing 
two-thirds of a stroke under par, 4.3. So if you make par on 18, you are losing ground to the field. That is exactly what Terrell Hatton did. It was still an eight under 64 birdies all over the yard. Nine of them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, nine of them still worried about how he finished it up. Uh, the metrics looks look great. Five and a half strokes gained ball striking, zero around the green, and a little bit of heat with the putter is exactly what you want to see from Terrell Hatton, who is just one shot back. We mentioned at the top of the show that a Canadian has not won the Canadian Open since 1954. It's like a 70-year drought we are in the midst of right now. The closest and probably the best chance they will have in 2023 is Corey Connors. 67-69 in his opening two. It was four birdies offset by three bogeys. Excuse me. Four birdies offset by one bogey in this second round. And it included a very savvy little birdie on 18 in which he was able to uh, dial it up and, and hit the green from uh, from 200 plus yards out. Have an eagle putt, made a pretty good run at it, taps it in for birdie. It felt like Corey Connors was playing out of the fairway constantly. That's exactly what he does. Over the first two rounds, he's gained over three shots off the tee of all the golfers that we have played, or excuse me, all the golfers that we have talked about here in this round recap. Only Carl Yuan has gained more strokes off the tee than Corey Connors has, but Corey's added another three on approach, another one and a half with the putter, and an, excuse me, another one and a half around the green, and another half a stroke with the putter. So a very good, sustainable stat profile from Corey Connors, who's just a handful of starts removed from the victory in Texas and a deep run into the PGA championship at Oak Hill before fading away on that Saturday on 16. And I think he shot a five over on Sunday, which really played himself out of it. So I'm going to give Josh a second here to get us the betting graphics and he can just plop that up when he is ready to rock and roll. But as mentioned, we've got Carl Yuan at the top of the leaderboard nine under Aaron Rye. Terrell Hatton, Corey Connors, and C.T. Pan are your eight under pars. Now, C.T. Pan's still out on the golf course right now. Uh, he has a chance to make birdie on nine to get to nine under, but we'll see if he can do that. Then there's a, a handful of names at seven under, five of them. That's Novak, Todd, Higgs, Lauer, and Jonathan Bird. The eight-shot difference between the cut line and the leader keeps basically everybody in play, especially when you look at the difficulty of this golf course and how much ground you can make up by going out and shooting five or six under par, which is out there. It's definitely out there. We've seen it. You just got to be really sharp. Here are the odds live right now heading into the weekend. Terrell Hatton, your favorite, probably no surprise there. Just one shot off the lead. Uh, best pedigree of anybody out here. He is three and a half to one. Corey Connors, same position, eight under par, one back is plus 550, which is the same spot Rory McIlroy's at. So despite Rory being two shots behind Corey Connors, odds makers saying that's the same, which probably is true. Is Rory a stroke better per round than Corey Connors? Probably. Aaron Rye and Justin Rose are at 12 to one with CT Pan at 14 and Carl Yuhan, our leader, 16 to one. So not a lot of love for our current leader to actually finish this thing off when i look at the board i think there's a couple of things to point out uh brendan todd at 22 to 1 it's an absolute perfect spot for him you only get five or six of the year where todd is is live and this certainly feels like one of them uh rory gave us a much more sustainable friday round that if you were trying to get in getting in at five and a half to one is actually longer than his pre-tournament odds and we got 
a glimpse of what we could get for the rest of the week. So I don't mind hitting that if you didn't hit it before the round started. So those would be the two places that I would go. Um, it's probably not going to be Corey Connors week just because every it's not Corey Connors versus the field, but would be really cool to see him close it out. He's played well. He's played great golf and uh, he's already getting the hero's welcome around Oakdale. So if he actually is in the mix on Sunday, like wouldn't a Rory McIlroy, Corey Connors final group on Sunday be electric right around this place. It would be absolute sick stuff. I think we've done it, Josh. I think we have done it. We have in 15 minutes covered, I don't know, a dozen or so golfers and how their round two went down. And we didn't really even say much about live Saturday's recap. I'll have somebody. I don't know who it's going to be, but we'll have somebody on the docket Sunday. Same thing. And we will cruise right into a U.S. Open and have a lot more fun along the way. Big thanks, producer Josh. All that hard work behind the scenes. My, my main man. Appreciate you. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time.